welcome back to the Fantasy Scape podcast. Uh, this is our first ever fully remote episode. I am your host. Uh, my name is James once again, and I'm joined by Michael. Hey. Uh, Nick. Hey, how's it going? And Alex. What's up? And hopefully soon, Lee. Uh, not really sure what he's doing, but he said he might join later. Today we're going to be continuing with our running, or I'm sorry, our rank dynasty. We're going to be doing running backs. Um, running backs, in my opinion, besides you could argue quarterbacks for super flex leagues, I would say in general running backs are the most important position in fantasy football. And obviously in dynasty you want the young studs that you can go to several chips with. So, yeah, we're going to be doing our top 30 running back rankings just in a couple minutes. Before that, though, um, we're going to get to some news. Uh, We're going to get to the crappy news first. J.K. Dobbins, torn ACL, uh, season ending, obviously. Hurts me in one of my leagues. Adam. Yeah, just, re- just really bad. Yeah, he was, was really a breakout see. favorite. It looks like, yeah, though, like- that uh, the Ravens put Le'Veon Bell on their practice squad because of it. Yeah, I don't think yeah, Le'Veon's going to eat much. No. no. He didn't he's do anything. Ravens, really I think he's Ravens, replacing Kylan Hill, who also tore his Achilles. It, it was Justice Hill, I think. Justice, yeah, that's it. Justice, I don't but he he tore his Achilles, so I think Le'Veon Bell is just going to be a depth piece, and yeah. Gus Edwards is going to be the one workhorse. Yeah, it's hard to see because Dobbins is one of the most efficient running backs of all time. Yeah, if I season. I can yeah. I have it in my notes, but I can uh, look at it. Uh, he's one of only five rookie running backs in the last decade to average over six yards a carry and into I their rookie yeah. season. Consider how many uh, uh, carries he had. Like, I don't think anybody came close. Yeah. Oh, by the way, uh, Michael, you said there were five running backs to do that, right? Yeah, in the last decade. I believe one of them was also Gus Edwards. Yeah, he was highly efficient last year. Yeah. I have whatever, that in my rankings. I'll get to that later, though. Whatever running back is the number one for the Ravens, you pretty much won on your team. Mm-hmm. Uh, Definitely. Now, ACL tears, as far as season-ending injuries go, they're not they're not Achilles or Liz Frank bad. Um, they don't have as many long-term uh, ramifications, I guess. Yeah, dangers, as like Cam Akers or even Travis Etienne does. So I'm not worried about him beyond this year from like a health standpoint. Um, but one thing yeah, that is it, concerning is just Gus Edwards is a good running back. And I think that he can just further prove that this year and just mm-hmm. take more of a role that maybe Dobbins would have had next year. Yeah. It's going to be interesting. The, some one thing that could potentially worry uh, Dobbins owners is if Gus Edwards is really good on the goal line for the Ravens. 
will JK take that role back? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, uh, something to definitely think about if you are a Dobbins owner. Um, it's been tough for these 2020 running backs, man. I feel like all of season. I feel like all of them have had some sort of like long term injury, except Jonathan Taylor. That's not jinx it yet. Yeah, I knocked, I knocked on my desk. Yeah, and Antonio Gibson. I'm not gonna put that negative energy out there. <laughs> Actually, right. Gibson had a foot sprain last year, mm-hmm. and he got surgery for it over the summer. So technically. Antonio Gibson had his. Yeah. Right. Anyway. Exposure on Jonathan Taylor to even think of him going out. (laughs) Anyway, moving on. Uh, Very unexpected news. The Patriots actually cut Cam Newton, and Mac Jones is going to start for them from 2021 onward. Uh, Obviously, this increases... I hate to say this because I really like Cam Newton, but he's not a good fantasy quarterback. Like you don't want pieces of that offense that Cam Newton's playing for because he's not going to throw the ball and he's going to take all the red zone rushing opportunities. Mm -hmm. So I just think this increases all the value of every Patriots player pretty much, you know, whether that be Jacoby, Johnny Smith, Damian Harris, um, Hunter Henry. Hunter Henry, that's yeah. right. Nelson Aguilar, even. Mac Jones is able to take that spot. Uh, he's, I guess, according to Bill Belichick, already the better quarterback. So just that alone uh, is just helping the rest of that offense. Yeah. So that, if you have any Patriots uh, shares among your leagues, you're probably pretty happy about that, unless it was Cam Newton. But I mean, yeah. if you if you took Cam Newton, I mean, you didn't really spend much for him, so I guess you're not that upset. Um, let's see. Any other news you guys want to bring up before we get started here? We we had mentions in the notes about Deshaun rumors going to Miami. That's I right. personally don't think there's really any ground to them yet. No, no just, not yeah. anymore. I've heard I've heard stories about how that just went up in flames and it wasn't too much to it. Right. Yeah, yeah it doesn't really make much sense for them. Yeah, I think everybody's just going to wait out Deshaun this year uh, just to see how those legal trials go. I, I think I thought that there was going to be some conditional picks going around uh, and they'd send them out and if, like, anything happened uh like the conditional picks would kick in and they'd get them back um but obviously the texans aren't willing to do that uh they want to get all they can for them uh right so yeah i guess they're just waiting it out seeing what happens i'm sure they do after that colossal screw up with deandre hopkins (laughs) jesus (laughs) Uh, I don't know if you guys saw this, but the Texans actually just signed Danny Amendola. I did not, no. No, I didn't see that. Very... The Texans are now a Super Bowl contending team. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> They're addressing all of their needs there. 
Uh, I don't. I have no clue what they're doing down in uh, Houston. I don't think anyone knows. Yeah, I just I can't see how a NFL franchise could be okay giving up what the Texans want for Deshaun Watson right now. No, that'd be a lot to give up, even if he was like not cleared of these legal problems. When I was looking through it, uh, wasn't it three first-round picks and like two second-round or something that they wanted? Yeah, yeah, that's so. a lot. Yeah, that's just, that's a lot. Yeah, like, without say, the, like, honestly, yeah. without the uh, the questions about Deshaun Watson, I'd say it's worth it. Uh, I just think quarterbacks worth that much, and Deshaun's one of the top of like. Just having not seen him, just not knowing how this like trial is going out, that's just a ridiculous price. Yeah. Right. All right. Um. Anything else you guys want to talk about? Or just get started. I, I don't have it? anything. Oh yeah, I don't. I'm ready to go to the tier list. I'm ready to begin. Yes, I'm ready. All right. Well, Michael, you want to start us off? All right. Top so I'm, yeah, I'm going to start start us off on uh the rankings. Uh, my first three, my first tier list is, uh, undeniable where if you're not running a super flex league, these are probably going to be the first three, uh, pieces off the board. I have CMC, Alvin Kamara and Dalvin cook as my, uh, top tier CMC doesn't need really any explanation. 1000, 1000 Alvin Kamara. He's probably the most likely running back beside CMC to get to that 1000, 1000 mark. And now, uh, I feel like he's going to get even more just, uh, opportunity for that now that Winston has officially been named the starter. And uh, for Dalvin Cook, in the first 14 games that he played last season, he averaged, I think it was 22 and a half points. Uh, and if he played all 16 games, he would have finished as the number one overall RB in terms of points. And in the last uh, two seasons of playing the 28 games that he played, 26 of them, he surpassed over 100 yards or has scored a touchdown. So he's definitely... Definitely just beyond productive. Uh, my next tier is uh, these will uh, be people that could win you leagues. They're definitely just super productive and they're just elite. Uh, Derek Henry, 2,000 yards. No, not much uh, explanation needed there. He's still going to have a few more years of just, honest to God, monstrous production. Uh, sorry, I'm a little bit congested. Uh, number five, Ivan Jones. He's one of the safer picks since 2019. Sorry, since 2019 and the 30 games that he's been a starter, he's averaged, uh, around 17 and a half points a game or fantasy points a game. Sorry. And, uh, he's averaged about five yards a carry since then. And then, uh, with Zeke, as long as he has Dak as his QB, a lot of people said he slowed down last year, last year, they didn't have Dak. And uh, I'm pretty sure their O-line was crippled for most of the season. Uh, with Dak as his QB, he's averaged 19.3 points a game, which that's just insane production. Then, yeah, uh, it was a steep, steep cliff when yeah, Dak went out. Steep just drop off. But now that uh, Dak's just back and their line is uh, healthy again, I think he's just going to go right back to that uh, – Zeke, we know. Uh, then I have a another tier where it's just really productive. Uh, he's your RB1s. You're just really productive people. 
I have Jonathan Taylor. He's coming from a organization that has a top flying top five line at running. He's a uh, has lots of confidence in uh, in the nine games where he played around uh fifty percent of the snaps. He averaged about twenty two point five fantasy points a games, and it's known that Frank Reich loves to give opportunities to his running backs. Um. Uh, Eight, this might be a surprise for a lot of people, but I have Najee Harris. He is a rookie, but at Alabama, his place where he really shined was the passing game. In the last two seasons that he played there, he caught uh, around 70 balls and for about 730 yards, and he had 11 receiving touchdowns. And this is Alabama. There, there's so much competition there in the receiving game that it's just kind of insane that a running back got around 730 yards over two seasons that he played there in the last two seasons that he played there. Uh, number nine, I have Antonio Gibson. Now I don't really think McKissick will take too much value away from him, but I'd like to, uh, talk about how in last season from weeks two to 12, he averaged around 16 points a game. And I'd also like to know, uh, the upgrade at quarterback with Fitz Fitzpatrick Fitzpatrick likes to target his running backs a lot. Uh, last year with uh, Gaskins, Fitzpatrick uh, targeted him around five times a game when they both started. And uh, Washington has a good run blocking you know, line. As number 10, I have Austin Eckler. Number 11, Saquon Barkley, who I don't think his injuries are going to be. His injuries kept him down a little bit for me, but if he's not going to be injured, he's definitely a top-tier running back. He averaged uh, 19.7 fantasy points per game in the 2018 and 2019 seasons. And uh, he averaged around 21 touches a game during the, that time. And uh, no matter how bad a team is, he's that RB1 can be productive, just like uh, our next spot, which is number 12, James Robinson. With uh, ETN gone for a season, we all wish him looking at his recovery. But he can uh, get back to his production last year of 16.1 points per game. And I don't really think Carlos Hyde is going to be a problem in splitting up shares with him. So... And uh, number 13, I have Nick Chubb, which he's definitely a great enough runner to be higher, but he's sharing that uh, backfield with uh, Kareem Hunt. So he's definitely not going to just ball out, considering that both of them are just insane runners, just insane uh, running backs. But he's still definitely a number one uh, RB for most leagues. Number 14, I have Joe Mixon. And in the 15 games from before his Liz Frank injury, he averaged 16.15 points per game. And now that uh, Giovanni Bernard has gone and gone to Tampa, he will be their primary receiving threat in the backfield and the workhorse there. And then uh, number 15, I have Clyde Edward-Hilaire. Uh, in the first six weeks of last season, he averaged around 14.1 points a game. And uh, I think that he's definitely going to be the variable and definite workhorse there this year. Uh, my next tier is uh, productive running backs, but not game-changing ones. They'll get you maybe 12 to 14 points a game, and they'll just boost your stats, but it's, they're not going to really be the playmakers that win you games. I have uh, Chris Carson, David Montgomery, DeAndre Swift, Damian Harris, Josh Jacobs, Darrell Henderson, Miles Sanders and Miles Gaskin. Uh, my reasoning for uh, DeAndre Swift is that uh, some news is that he might miss week one, but 
he started in average, ever since he started, he's averaged 14.6 points a game. And uh, now that they have a, the new offensive coordinator and the fact that the Lions will always be behind in their game, they'll be forced to pass a lot. And this uh, definitely gives DeAndre Swift a massive PPR upside for the season. Then uh, Damian Harris, we talked about with Mac winning the job, that he's definitely going to get more of those red zone threats now, which I definitely think is a plus side for him. I definitely think that uh, it's definitely boosted him up by rankings over the last week since that uh, news was announced. Uh, I'm going to talk about Darrell Henderson, my 21. Uh, I don't really think Sonny Michelle is anything more than just a safety blanket. And uh, I know McVeigh stated that he's wants to give Henderson a lot of work. And from weeks two to seven last year, when he was a starter, he averaged around 15 point, points a game. So he's definitely going to be a, a major workhorse down there in uh, L.A. They definitely want that uh, Todd Gurley-style workhorse again. Uh, then I'm going to go to my last year, which is just sort of the uh, toss-up, sort of the uh, people that aren't really in the picture too much anymore. They're either starting to end their career or they're just, uh, they're out for a season. My first one, my toss up is, uh, JK Dobbins, which big reason is he's injured this year, but I don't think that's going to affect him really. As we said, uh, Mike Davis, I don't really like him in Atlanta. Uh, cream hunt, as you know, he averaged uh, like 11 points a game as his ceiling in the Browns offense, but he's, uh, Highly valued RB last year, simply because the lack of, of running back depth last year just due to all the injuries. And I don't think he's going to get 11 touchdowns again this year, so he's definitely not going to be as productive as he was last year. Uh, number 27, I have Raheem Mostert. Uh, I think he'll produce very well for most of the season, but at the end of the year, he might lose his job to Trey Sermon. So I don't really think he's going to be productive beyond really this year as a starter anymore. Then I have... a. Uh, Travis Etienne, which he would be higher, but the fact that when he's healthy, he's going to be a committee with James Robinson. They're just both talented enough to share around a similar amount of snaps, and this will just take away both of their product, productive ceilings. Then uh, number 29, I have Chase Edmonds. Uh, now that Kenny and Drake is gone, he's going to be the main threat in that Cardinals backfield besides uh, Kyler Murray. But... Uh, he does get 20 rushing attempts sometimes, and when he does do that, he does great, but his uh, major draw is that he's a receiving back, so he's going to be very useful in a PPR league format. And uh, my number 30, my last one I'm going to rank today, is uh, Gus Edwards. Now that he's the main starting running back in Baltimore, uh, he's going to get all that workhorse opportunity that uh, J.K. Dobbins would have. However, uh, I think most running backs in Baltimore are just still hampered by Lamar's running ability. That because with somebody like Lamar, he's just going to run whenever he sees the opportunity, and it's definitely going to take away possible uh, production from any of the running backs. Do you guys uh, want me to talk about any of my other rankings on here? Was Anything? that the end of that tier? Yeah, that that's yeah. the end of the uh, 30 that I wanted to rank today. Um. If you don't mind, could you can you explain like what your tiers mean exactly? What I mean by that is like 
What would you be willing to give up for a tier one asset? Tier one? Like a tier, tier two. Tier one versus a tier two? Yeah. I'd give up a lot for a, a healthy CMC or a just Dalvin Cook. I'd give up uh, definitely a, if it's a super flex league, I might give up one of my QBs just because mm-hmm. with one of them, it's if you trade for him, you're going to win now. And sometimes right. your super flex QB is going to be your uh, rookie QB or your uh, very just not your absolute starter, but it's going to be somebody that uh, will produce enough points but won't give you more than like 30 a game. They'll do 20 to 25. But if I can get a, a tier one running back, I know that I'm going to try to win this year. So I give up that QB or maybe uh, – my starting wide receiver and another one of my running backs. I just try to give up a basically multiple pieces just to get that one person. Uh, so basically whatever you can. Yeah. Whatever I can yeah. basically. Cause my right. top tier is CMC, Alvin Kamara and Dalvin cook. Like right. just absolutely insane talent. Uh, mm-hmm. My league winner. Uh, I might give up a first round pick and maybe one of my uh, lower ranked uh, running backs. Like I might try to snag Aaron Jones for uh, a first round and James Robinson or a first round and uh, Clyde Edward Hilaire. Because I know that with Aaron Jones, I can definitely get uh, lots of production for the year. I can definitely hopefully... uh, if I'm just missing maybe one piece or one piece of my offense just isn't performing as what I want it to be, maybe that can just push me over the edge. If I'm losing games by like five points a week, maybe that one piece can actually maybe win me a game that I probably would have lost if I didn't have them. Right. Uh, do we want to do guys we're lower on and higher on like after we're all done with our rankings or like individually uh, after we're done? I said we do that after right. everybody's done. Yeah. Just because then we have the uh, rankings of everybody else in the mind. Yeah, that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you, Michael. Uh, no whoever wants to go next can take over. All right, I'll go real quick. Um, just a little disclaimer. I kind of did mine like kind of in a similar way to a YouTuber I watch, Fantasy Flock, Flock Network. My tier one is Christian McCaffrey only um, because he's just in a tier in his own. And according to Fantasy Flock Network, in 2019, a third of the teams who drafted him ended up winning their league, which is just ridiculous. But uh, moving on from that, the next tier would just be like Alvin Kamara, Dalvin Cook, and then I am higher on this guy, Antonio Gibson at four. And then Jonathan Taylor, then Zeke, then Derrick Henry. So that rounds out the top seven. Um, Antonio Gibson and Jonathan Taylor above Zeke and Henry is just their age. And also, like, I just think their upside is so much better than the other two. And that might be a hot take, but I'll die on that hill. And then uh, Tier 3, I have Austin Eckler, Aaron Jones, Saquon Barkley, Nick Chubb, Najee Harris, uh, James Robinson, Joe Mixon, and CEH. And uh, 
the big thing with like this tier is these guys are uh, basically extremely high end RB twos, and in a lot of cases could be your RB one. Um, Eckler, like I feel like he doesn't get enough credit for his receiving upside. Um, he was number eight in targets last year despite missing eight games, and he um. I think he was in the top ten in receiving yards and receptions. I for, I guess I forgot to put the actual number, but I'm pretty sure he was like in the top ten for those, even like with missing the eight games. I'd like to uh, also comment on that that uh, Joe Lombardi is now in uh, L.A. and he was the, uh, you know, New Orleans Saints QB coach, so he's definitely going to bring in that uh, sort of value of the receiving back into a. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Chargers offense because you know he sat there with Alvin Kamara for just years so he definitely understands that value I did not realize that but yeah that definitely just solidifies that point then for me but uh Saquon being at 10 it's just like I get that um medicine has come like really far especially in recent years especially with ACL tears I'm just not like ready to say that he's like for me one of those top guys just because like with that and then I also think about their O line and their crowded receive like their quiet crowded receiving room. It's just there's too many question marks for me with Saquon and I totally understand that he could be like a league winner this year and that's fine with me. I'm I'm gonna stay true to my rankings personally. But uh, I'll just move on to tier four, though, because the rest are pretty self-explanatory. Um, starting out tier four at uh, the number 16 spot is DeAndre Swift. And then Gus Edwards, I have one spot above J.K. Dobbins. And that's just because he's starting this year with J.K. Dobbins out for the year. I think that it's going to be very interesting in the future because they're very efficient backs, both of them. And I think both of them will have really great careers. Um but then after that, I have Chris Carson, David Montgomery, Kareem Hunt, and then Javante Williams, who easily could be moved up. But just be, with Melvin Gordon back there this year, it's just like you're playing the waiting game with him. But I think he's going to be a really incredible running back over his career. And then I got Miles Sanders and Damian Harris. Uh, I have Miles Sanders above Damian Harris just because uh, – Looking at it, like, really, if you ask me on another day, I might switch them, but who are the, like, sorry, um, he can, was number uh, 12 in yards per carry, Yeah, and I, that, like. I also have some for stats for uh, Miles Sanders if you want to hear about his uh, starts with Hurts. And the three oh, starts yeah, that he played with Hurts. Yeah, with uh, 14, 15, it's week 14, 15, and 16. He averaged around 18 points a game, and he had uh, 13 targets throughout those three games. So he's definitely formed that chemistry with him and has proved that he can be productive with Hurts. I did not realize that. He would be higher if they had a better O-line, but of course they don't. Uh, yeah, moving forward to Tier 5, uh, I got Trey Sermon at the 25 spot. I have almost like the polar opposite opinion on Raheem Mostert compared to Michael. I don't think he's really worth much, at least to me. And I think Trey Sermon's going to take over that backfield. 
Yeah, um, I understand that. I just think that it's going to be most of the season is just going to be Raheem, and then Trey Sermon's going to take over. That's fair, but uh, I I had Raheem like I picked him up off the waivers in a few leagues, and like he I remember last year, I believe he kept getting injured, and then like he fell to the running back by committee in San Francisco. Yeah, which they lost Tevin Coleman and Jarek McKinnon, so that's less of a problem now. But still, I'd rather have Sermon. And then I have AJ Dillon after that. While he wasn't the like, I mean, he averaged five point three yards per carry. Uh, and I mean, he's a massive human being, and he ran a four or five forty. Uh, he wasn't like the most efficient guy that I like when I was looking through all the stats besides the yards per carry. Uh, but I just think that either way, he's going to be talented. If Aaron Jones goes out, you're going to see him like he might be a league winner. If, like Aaron Jones, unfortunately, like went out towards the end of the season, say. So that upside is really promising and also just for his future. So, um, Going after that would be, I have Josh Jacobs at 27. I'm not super sold on him, especially with the Kenyon Drake signing. They paid him $11 million guaranteed over two years. And, uh, like, Josh Jacobs' biggest advantage was his volume. And uh, my when I was doing my notes for this, I compared him to Tyler Lockett because he finishes the top five running back for three weeks. And then um, with those three weeks included in this next stat, uh, he was a top 25 running back for 10 weeks last year. And uh, that's not really something I want for uh, some, like that's why he's not going up higher for me basically. And then I have Travis Etienne while he's out for the year. I think he still has all that receiving upside. Uh, but the biggest question mark is if Urban Meyer is actually still a head coach in the NFL by the time uh, this season ends. <laughs> he's he's making questionable decisions, at least with his like uh, things he says in the press. And then after Travis Etienne, I have Chase Edmonds. Uh, just really his big thing is being the number one back in that field. It's just that uh, he's not like the most efficient guy but he will benefit just from being that um the like the only main back in that field and then at 30 I have Melvin Gordon and then uh Mike Davis and then uh Darrell Henderson I really I had Mike Davis and Darrell Henderson higher before my rankings but like Mike Davis for example uh some of his stats just weren't very appealing to me, especially going to Atlanta. He was number five in targets last year and number nine in receiving yards. And uh, that's just not something you want in a, in the Falcons offense because if you think about it, he's going to be the third and possibly even the fourth option on that op- offense. And uh, he's going to an offensive coordinator that uh, – or. Arthur Smith is their head coach, but he was offensive coordinator for the Titans, and they're a very um, ground-and-pound type of team when he was there. So Mike Davis, I don't think he's that kind of runner. But uh, I guess like with Darrell Henderson, too, I just don't think he's a workhorse back. 
uh, the way I just think about it is like they went out and drafted Cam, Cam Akers and you saw Cam Akers pulled away from Darrell Henderson. So, I mean, I just don't think he's really worth much. It, when you get to these numbers, like in the list, it's just uh, basically upside that you're drafting for, I feel like. But yeah, that, so that's like my top 32 um, split into five tiers. Yeah. But yeah. And then I guess for the question about what I'd give up for a tier one guy, if I'm going off of consensus for this one. Like if CMC was grouped with Cook and everyone, uh, I guess like I'm not usually someone that would trade for them, but if I was trading for them, I'd be willing to give up like a top, like a tier one or two receiver and then like a, t- like a tier, like a, Maybe a first round. That might be a reach, though, depending on which receiver we're talking. Right. Um. Like, if it was... I don't know. If it was DK, I'd yeah, let's say be DK. willing to give a second. I, I'm not going to give DK in a first. That, that's too so much That's for a me. little much, yeah. So DK in a second for, like, CMC? Yeah. I, I would say that's probably fair and value, considering DK is going to be in the league a lot longer. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, because wide receivers have that longevity. But like CMC is especially someone that I would not trade for because you're almost never gonna get a fair deal for him. Yeah. You can send a deal, see if they'll take it, but nine times out of ten they won't. Right. And then like those tier two guys, I mean I'd give up like maybe just like a tier two or three receiver, because I feel like for a lot of these guys, it just depends on how high the person is on them. Like, I know you could buy Joe Mixon pretty low, and he would be, like, my tier two. And you could probably even buy CEH low right now. I mean, like, I I know he's higher in value than he was last year, but, like, he'll probably only keep climbing in value. So, I don't know. I, I'd be fine with trading for tier two guys, but, like I said, tier one is not really something I look for. Right. You're getting so you're, much. You're one of those people like you like to uh, find the tier two guys that can become the tier one guy versus just trading straight up for a tier one guy. Yeah, yeah. Right, and that's a completely uh, fair and logical strategy for dynasty. You know the whole buy low thing. Mm-hmm. All right, thank you, Alex. Uh, so. I will go next. Uh, my rankings are a little different. Um, but starting off at one, Christian McCaffrey. I'm so glad you guys said like he's the consensus first running back. I'm so tired of hearing he's injury prone already. Like He just got super unlucky with injuries last year. He had a... Oh, this is off the top of my head. Uh, high ankle sprain, shoulder strain... And a quad something. If anyone can confirm that, that that's just off the top of my head of injuries he had last year. But my point is, uh, he's he he's pretty much fantasy money in the bank. Like you don't get much better than Christian McCaffrey. Anyway, I've explained too much about why Christian McCaffrey is just really good. Everyone knows he is. 
So my running back two is Jonathan Taylor. Top 10 running back and only 22 years old. This dude is dynasty. This is what dynasty uh, players crave. These young, efficient, good running backs. And that's what Jonathan Taylor is. Um, and to, it doesn't look like he's going to stop anytime soon because the Colts are not getting worse. They're getting better. I think Carson Wentz is an improvement over Phillip Rivers, marginally, but mm -hmm. still. Uh, that offensive line isn't going away. Yeah, Jonathan Taylor, just a beast. My number three is actually Saquon Barkley. Uh, I'll get to this. He's my guy that I'm higher on than consensus. Um, yeah, I'm not going to talk too much about him now. Uh, those, those, the, those three consisted of my tier, tier one assets, by the way. So in the tier one, Christian McCaffrey, Jonathan Taylor, Saquon Barkley. Obviously, I'm taking Christian McCaffrey pretty... Uh, pretty sizably, I guess, overall, all of those three, but I don't think it's a huge, huge gap, in my opinion. Mm -hmm. So tier tier two, this might surprise a lot of people, but at number four, I have Dalvin Cook. He has a, he actually has a sneaky injury history that not a lot of people know about. Dalvin Cook, at some point in the year, always ends up on the injury with some sh some some sort of shoulder problem he hasn't much must god i cannot talk missed much time with it throughout his career but it's definitely something to monitor um and it's kind of the same with alvin kamara alvin kamara i remember last year he got an epidural in his back and everyone was like freaking out because an epidural is not something you just get for fun. Um, it's pretty much like an injection into your spine and everyone was like freaking out. Obviously Alvin Kamara finished as the RB one. So everyone forgot about it, but I didn't, I didn't forget. <laughs> and I think, I think it's something worth monitoring. Um, haven't heard anything about his back throughout the off season, but yeah, Alvin Kamara, number five, number six. I'm also way higher on this guy, Antonio Gibson. Man, that preseason usage making my mouth water a little bit. Uh, I this kid has all the talent in the world. I'm calling him a kid. He's like three years older than me. Um, I guess two now. Damn. Uh, anyway. Yeah. Uh, all the talent in the world, you know, if you look at his, like, speed rating, explosion, burst, whatever, whatever you want to call it, Antonio Gibson has it. And that was his first year playing a true running back role like in his entire football career, which I don't think people give him credit for and or realize. And he finished as an RB as the RB 16 in points per game while playing through an injury too. 
So Antonio Gibson, I love him. Uh, the next, the next two are also second year players. Um, number seven, I have DeAndre Swift. He and Jonathan Taylor were like tied back to back for like R- the RB one of the twenty twenty class. DeAndre Swift is so talented. He's so good. He's honestly reminds me a lot of like Dalvin Cook. Like just the way they are so elusive. But I mean DeAndre Swift has a pretty lengthy injury history already. And it's his second year. Like he had a pretty concussion. And he had some sort of groin uh injury over the summer. And reports are that he's out of shape, quote unquote. From his quote from his coach, which obviously isn't something you want to hear. I'm not worried about it. Dynasty, which is why I have him so high, obviously. But for me, I'm pretty firmly taking Gibson over him. Clyde Edwards-Alaire. Um, I don't think he's as talented as Gibson, Swift, or JT. But the offense that he is that he's in, I mean, he has just as much upside as anyone. Um, the Chiefs just really need to throw him the ball more. Uh, number nine, I have Derrick Henry. Not much to say about Derrick that people don't already know. Uh, he could rush for another 2,000 yards this year. Hell, maybe even the year after that. Just put all the dynasty Derrick, uh, Henry... Theoretical cliff theories to bed. That'd be really funny, actually. Um, number 10, I have Najee Harris. This might be a bit lower than uh, other rankings, but I, I I need to see it in a game first before I can rank him higher. The Pittsburgh offense is just so bad, or offensive line is just so bad. And it's such a crowded wide receiver room. That I, I, I need to see it first before I can rank him any higher. Number 11, I have Nick Chubb. Again, this is someone I'm lower on, but I didn't really think I would be. I don't see how you can see Nick Chubb as a like top eight dynasty running back when the highest he's ever finished in points per game is number seven, I believe. Like, I get it, Nick Chubb, he's a like a top-five running back in the actual NFL, but he doesn't get the valuable fantasy touches, which is either A, uh, receiving work, Nick Chubb does not get that, and B, goal line work, he splits that with Kareem Hunt. So as good as Nick Chubb is in real-life football, we... We only care about fake points on a phone screen or laptop screen. And Nick Chubb, to me, he's not a top eight guy. Number 12, I have Zeke. 13, Aaron Jones. Uh, 14, Austin Eckler. 15, Joe Mixon. At 16, I have Javante Williams. I've heard a lot of people higher on him, but again... With rookies, I want to see it first. I don't care what you look like, 
Well, I do care. I take that back. But, um, uh, I, I, yeah, I need to see it first in the NFL before I can fully put him as, as a solidified, like, top 12-ish running back. And he's, I don't think he's even playing over Melvin Gordon, which to me is a little concerning because I don't think Melvin is that good. But obviously this kid's really talented. I think he'll win out eventually, but that's why he's at my 16. 17, I have David Montgomery. Uh, 18, James Robinson. Obviously, Travis Etienne being out really boosts James Robinson's role. I do think Carlos Hyde will annoy people more than they realize, if that makes sense. Like, James Robinson was literally competing with no one last year. Not a single running back on the Jags roster was even, like, above practice squad level of talent. Carlos Hyde is... He's, he's probably below average, but he's definitely the best running back mate that James Robinson has played with. And like I said, I think he'll annoy people more than uh, they, they realize. 19, Josh Jacobs. Kind of the same with... Uh, I kind of same this shit, the same sentiment as Alex. I think... Uh, and you know, me. Josh Jacobs. I had him at like right. 20 or 21 because of right. Drake. I think we yeah. all have him in a similar place. Yeah, I'm not going to lie. You scared me. But yeah, he was a strictly volume play. Um, and he might not get that volume anymore. 20, I have Chris Carson. I really like Chris Carson. He's a really good story, and he's a really underrated running back. He improved his, he's, he's improved his work in the receiving game every year that he's played. And I think if the Seahawks can just not be the most bipolar team in the league, that Chris Carson can produce like steady, low-end RB1 value for the next, I think, two years that he's on contract. 21 of Miles Sanders. Uh, Philadelphia said multiple times that they're planning on using a committee, which is unfortunate because I really like Miles Sanders. Um, hopefully, maybe he'll just be really efficient and eventually take over the committee as the main guy. But again, I'm not going to project that that happens. Uh, 22 of J.K. Dobbins, big faller for me. Obviously, with the injury, he's not going to play at all this year. Um, yeah, amazing talent, but torn ACL. Not not the worst of injury, like I said earlier, but definitely not going to play this year. 23, I have Trey Sermon. So. Trey Sermon's an interesting one for me. Him and Raheem Mostert, I feel like, are going to vulture a lot from each other. I feel like 
Um, Raheem Mostert is going to play a lot in the earlier season, but then eventually Trey Sermon will take over. But I don't know how much of a takeover that really is. Like, it could very well be a 60-40 split in the backfield between Sermon and Mostert. But in a 49ers offense led by uh, either Jimmy Garoppolo or a rookie Trey Lance, how valuable are those running back touches going to be when they are split that evenly? I don't know. That's, uh, yeah, that's my thing about Trey Sermon. 24, I have Kareem Hunt. 25, Gus Edwards. I've always been a huge Gus Edwards fan. Um, I think he is talented enough to be the RB1 in Baltimore. And with J.K. Dobbins out, there's not really anyone that can compete with him in Baltimore. 26, I have Cam Akers. Yes, I have Cam Akers above Darrell Henderson. I'll get to it. Uh, 27, I have Miles Gaskin. 28, Damian Harris. He is someone that I could move up, uh, theoretically, but I don't think anyone's mentioned this. There's a shark in the water for da- Damian Harris, and his name is Ramondre Frickin' Stevenson. This kid has looked so good in the preseason. I don't see how Bill Belichick doesn't eventually give him some play time. Don't uh, say that. I'm sorry, I had Please. to say it. I had to say it. You're right. Have you, seen it? Have you, seen you need to knock preseason? on wood now. Please, yeah. I have him in my leagues. <laughs> I'll be selling Damon, Damian Harris by the end of the season. Andre Stevenson, the Vulture. That's going to be his new nickname, the Vulture. Uh, 29, I have Travis Etienne, amazing talent, uh, concerning injury. That's pretty much my whole, uh, analysis of Travis Etienne. 30, I have Zach Moss. Actually, I'm sorry. 30, I have Darrell Henderson. 31, I have Zach Moss. So Zach Moss is purely upside if he can take over that running back role in the Bills. Because I don't think they're going to run Josh Allen as much on the goal line because they gave him a Brinks armor truck of money. And where most quarterback injuries occur is on the goal line. So if they can just hand the ball off to Zach Moss, or really any running back near the goal line, I think it will return fantasy value because the Bills... uh, Offense is obviously one of the best ones in the league. I'll finish off my tier. Um, so I said 31, Zach Moss. 32, I have A.J. Dillon. Um, not much to analyze here. Huge, massive man. Uh, but playing behind Aaron Jones, one of the better uh, running backs in the league. And then... 33 of Chase Edmonds. So, regarding my own question about what I would give up for a Tier 1 guy, uh, like I was kind of mentioning, like Michael said, 
I'm willing to give up pretty much anything for one of these guys. Um, you know, I think too often you worry about giving up too much value. But if you're getting a solidified stud like a Christian McCaffrey, I don't really care what I have to give up to get Christian McCaffrey. I know Alex says, uh, you know, he likes to find uh, the next Christian McCaffrey, basically, which, again, completely valid strategy. But I think also if you are trading for Christian McCaffrey, you have that mindset that I'm going to win a chip in the next one to two years. And pretty much if you can can firm up your roster – to like win a championship, I think that's that's worth giving up whatever you can really. Um, yeah, that's all I have to say for now. Nick, you want to take over? Yeah, sounds good. Hopefully, uh, you can join us soon. Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you. Oh, all good, all good. Uh, so yeah, number one, I have Lamar Jackson. Okay, okay, I'm editing that out. Sorry, I just really wanted to. Say Let's that. go. It's really, okay. No, really, number one. Dude, if we were gonna uh, have a pine list, I'd have Kareem Hunt as number one. He's number one on my kickers list. Um, oh yeah. So yeah, number one, I have Mike Davis. Okay, I'm editing that. Okay. Uh, uh, restart one, your I list have... in a second. <laughs> Give it like three seconds from now, and then start it. Oh wait. Okay. Wait, that wasn't serious? <laughs> All right, so in my rankings, number one, I have Christian McCaffrey uh, in a tier by himself. Uh, and if I have to explain that to you, uh, I don't think you've been listening enough. Uh, number two, uh, my second tier, uh, I have Jonathan Taylor and Antonio Gibson. Uh, I So I separated my things into tiers, meaning where I could trade these two between each other and feel like, pretty okay uh jonathan taylor i have a lot of exposure on him uh and i think he's the most talented running back easily easily uh in the last uh draft Uh, i was watching him just absolutely destroy ohio state in 2020 or no no 2019 uh when i thought they weren't even going to make the uh the playoffs because wisconsin was going to kick him out because just jonathan taylor's destroying them uh, he's so good. He has such good breakaway speed. Like you can't tackle him in the backfield. You just hit him in the backfield and he gains a four yard gain. Uh, the offensive line is crazy, but it's PPR. Uh, and the name of the game is targets. Uh, and one thing that scares me is this guy named Naeem Hines. Uh, I was looking into some, uh, receiving grades and the number one receiving back, according to pro football focus, uh, number one highest graded was Naeem Hines, uh, and that's a little scary as a Jonathan Taylor owner. Uh, just seeing him, uh, if he gets the first and second down roll, but uh, running the ball but doesn't get those passing targets, that's going to be a lot of fantasy value. I'm not scared of Marlon Mack at all, personally. Like I, the Achilles, like I'm sorry, like I, I'm. It's really tough to come back from that, uh, so I just can't put too much stock into that being a very big factor uh but antonio gibson i have some fun stats uh washington isn't like 
absolutely crazy when it comes to throwing to their running backs. So in 2018, Saquon Barkley uh, had about 130 targets. And in 2020, J.D. McKissick uh, on the Washington football team had 110 by himself. Uh, That is just crazy considering J.D. McKissick isn't a workhorse. He's not Saquon Barkley. But he was 17th in PPR, uh, only getting 85 rushing attempts. Uh, And then you look at Antonio Gibson, also on that uh, roster, but as a rookie, so he hadn't proven himself. Uh, He was 13th in PPR, uh, and he had 44 targets himself and 170 rushing attempts. And if you kind of combine those two together, you pretty much get like a less efficient uh, Saquon Barkley. So that just amount of 2018 Saquon Barkley. And obviously, you can't just combine them. Uh, J.D. McKissick is still going to get some touches, but just the way that Washington's been talking about Antonio Gibson, uh, they're going to give him a lot of targets, and they have a lot of trust in him. There was some like article a while ago saying that they wanted to give him a Christian McCaffrey-like role. Uh, and the reason why I think he's going to eat at a lot of those targets uh, was because he was a wide receiver uh, coming out of Memphis. Uh, so he obviously has receiving upside. And I think he just proved to uh, Washington last year that he can take over that role. Uh, he's only 23. Uh, he's like really heavy, but really fast, and has like a really good low center of gravity. So he's like 220 at 6 foot, 6 foot 1, 6 foot 2. Uh, whenever I look at different things, it lists them differently, so I don't know what their problem is. Uh, but 4-4 speed at 220, uh, being that small uh, and that shifty, like that's really athletic. Uh, so yeah, I have Antonio Gibson very, very high. I think Washington's going to use him a lot. Uh, so that's my end of my Tier 2. Uh, my Tier 3, uh, I have Dalvin Cook, Alvin Kamara, and Saquon. Uh, Dalvin Cook and Alvin Kamara are just the standard league winners. Uh, if you have them, you're more likely to win the league than other people who don't have like Christian McCaffrey, Dalvin Cook, or Alvin Kamara are. They'll probably be very productive this season, Cook and Kamara, Next season, I think they'll still be productive, but they're just on the decline. And the way that I've done my rankings is I'm very much looking five, ten years in the future. Really five years for running backs, but I'm very much keeping in mind the future. I have Saquon Barkley on this tier, and I would put him on the same tier as JT and Gibson. Uh, He's obviously the most talented besides maybe CMC, but I'm not even scared of the injury. I'm scared of the uh, New York Giants. I have absolutely no idea what the New York Giants are doing. Uh, the problem with uh, Saquon right now is what I think Kadarius Tony will do to that offense. Uh, I don't think Kadarius Tony's going to have that much of a role. I just think he's going to have the role that Saquon was supposed to have in like PPR. Uh, they the Giants have said that they want to like have a long term plan with him. Uh, and I don't know, maybe at the time when they drafted Kadarius Tony, who's very Travis Etienne-like, uh, and the, what Travis Etienne did to James Robinson stock, that's currently what's happening to the Saquon stock for me. Uh, if they're going to give a the 20th pick, I think, uh, for Kadarius Tony, they either won't use him, which would be probably a more Giants-like thing to happen, but if they do, like I'm just scared of that. Uh, but I think Saquon's absolutely unreal. Uh, maybe... Maybe he's been improving more than they thought, and he will get more of those targets. And he's only 24. Uh, he doesn't have that much touches on him either. It's just he's so talented, 
but just his situation scares me less than his injury. Uh, so next up, I have something a little surprising. I have Javante Williams uh, in a tier with DeAndre Swift, Najee Harris, and Clyde Edwards-Elair. So obviously, I'm valuing uh, those 22, 21-year-olds uh, with the inclusion of 23-year-old Najee Harris. But my favorite of this group is actually Javante Williams. Uh, Javante Williams being on the Broncos is really big for me just because I have a feeling that Aaron Rodgers is going to go there and that offense is going to go crazy. I don't think that Melvin Gordon's going to be back for next season. And another reason why I really like Javante is that I think they're just using Melvin Gordon as like a shield this year for Javante Williams. Uh, they've said that they're extremely comfortable uh, in a couple past couple days. They've said that they're extremely comfortable with Javante Williams and using him in any situation. I think they're saving him. The Broncos are doing it. They're looking long-term right now. Uh, and I think they're going to trade away a lot of assets. Hopefully not Javante as one of them, but a lot of assets for Aaron Rodgers. Uh, or maybe Deshaun Watson. I think it's going to be Rodgers. They were really close on the deal. Um, so I think one of the reasons why they're not going to be pushing out Javante, who I think is already better, is that I think low-key they're going to try and get a better draft pick. Uh, and trade that for uh, more Aaron Rodgers stock. Uh, but one thing that I'm really big on Javante Williams for, just besides his situation, uh, this comes from a fantasy podcast called the Bulletproof uh, Fantasy Podcast. Uh, and what they do is they compile a bunch of stats uh, on a bunch of high-level stats on running backs, including their prospect grades, uh, their their build. Uh, so they think Javante Williams is a prototypical bell cow. Um, and just combining all of these like factors, their like, elusiveness uh, and stats coming out of college, they put them as a bulletproof grade. Uh, and from 2000 to 2019, there have been 30 bulletproof candidates, uh, not including their, just completely coming out of the draft, not including any, uh, what's it called? situation so that it's not a bulletproof situation which i think javante's in uh, i think next season melvin gordon might not even be there and he'll just be a bell cow uh but just out of those running backs uh the expected uh top five finishes in fantasy is about 1.5 so just from this like javante not even including his like situation is about like expected being on this list like we'll have 1.5 top five fantasy finishes. And then also they're expected to have 2.7 top 12. So like it's a really good list to be on. Uh, this guy's really high on him, the Bulletproof podcast. Uh, so, and I'm not just saying this because I traded uh, away Saquon and Javante was in that. <laughs> uh, maybe it's part of why I've been so interested in him, but that's my big long rant on Javante or not rant. Uh, but then I have DeAndre Swift, Najee Harris, and Clyde Edwards-Elair. I like them all pretty similarly. I like the line that uh, Swift is going to have. I think Sewell is going to be a great run blocker. Uh, and the fact that they don't have extreme passing attack, I think they're going to be running the ball a bit. And he's 22, uh, so being 21 last year helps. Uh, Najee Harris, uh, I think I have him on the same tier as Javante Williams because he's 23. I know he said he wants to play 10 years in the NFL, but... 23 coming into the league is a little old for me. I think he's going to be a workhorse running back, obviously, for the Steelers. But again, with that offensive line, it's a little scary. Um, but I think this being PPR, he's going to get those targets. 
Uh, they've been working him as a receiver as well. Uh, as you can see in the preseason, he had a, I think it was a, an angle uh, reception for a big gain, and he like, I don't know how to describe it, but he juked a guy out and broke his ankles from like 10 feet away. I don't think I've ever seen that. That was very funny and very impressive. Uh, Clyde Edwards Elaire, I like him. I Burrow said of the, all the people on the 2019 LSU team, the most special person was Clyde Edwards Elaire. I don't know if he was saying that to boost his draft stock or anything at the time, but just getting that kind of comment from Joe Burrow and just having like Jamar Chase and Justin Jefferson also on that team, uh, there's got to be something behind him. Uh, he only averaged about like 13.5 points per game on the Chiefs last year, and even though he was their, the Chiefs' first pick, that's a little scary to me. Um, but I think that he'll prevail. Just being on the Chiefs, I think that he's going to get a lot of uh, opportunities to score touchdowns, uh, which is very big. Uh, and my next tier, uh, I have a bunch of uh, older running backs who will get you a lot of points soon, but... I don't like personally just because I usually like to spread out my winning range. Uh, so we have Derrick Henry, uh, Aaron Jones, Austin Eckler. Uh, I sneaked Montgomery into here because another thing is uh, with these tiers is that I would trade these for another player in this tier and feel completely good uh, just because Montgomery's like a one to two years younger than these people. I'd be okay with that. I think with Trey Cohen out, he's going to have like a monster season anyways. Um, and then, yeah, Zeke, Mixon, and Chubb. Like as other people have said, I'm not the biggest fan of Chubb uh, from a fantasy perspective. I think he's a top-two rushing uh, running back in the league, but this is fantasy. Uh, the name of the game is how much of a bell cow you are and how many targets you're going to get, and I just don't like either of those. He obviously has an incredible offensive line, uh, but I, that situation still scares me. I'm glad that he got a three-year extension. Uh, and just being 25 years old, so it's very nice. Uh, some other people on this list, Zeke. I think Zeke will... I know a lot of people say he has a lot of touches on him, uh, but he still just looks so good, uh, just looking in camp. I do think he'll only have like one to two seasons before maybe he's faded out by Tony Pollard. Maybe those touches come up to him, but he, for what people say, like he his touches are like more than like Derrick Henry and everybody. I'm not like too concerned with it, but like, I do think he only has about one to two years left. Uh, Austin Eckler, uh, I think everybody knows the situation around him. Uh, he gets a lot of a lot of targets, uh, but he is a bit injury prone, uh, and he doesn't get goal line carries. But just the fact that he's going to get a ton of targets and that, what's it called, Chargers offense is going to be electric. You always love to see that. Aaron Jones, I might move a tier below, but it'd be crazy putting him on a tier with someone like Trey Sermon. I just don't like any Green Bay situation in Dynasty, unless you're trying to win now. Uh, just seeing that they drafted Aaron, or not Aaron Jones, uh, they drafted A.J. Dillon, I feel like they're going to sunk cost, even if Aaron Jones happens to be a better goal line back. I feel like they're just kind of happen to use Aaron uh, A.J. Dillon in like goal line situations, like third and twos and below. Uh, change of pace back. I feel like the amount of scrutiny that organization's getting right now I feel like they're going to do it anyway, and I still I still like A.J. Dillon. I think he's a great running back, and the only thing actually scaring me about A.J. Dillon, too, is uh, they had some third running back who was killing it in the preseason, Kylan Hill. I think that's his name, uh, but that's, that's beside the point. Uh, obviously, Derrick Henry has a very, very, very high floor, but he's old. 
uh, and uh, he doesn't get targets. And also that passing offense is looking insane, uh, and they lost their offensive coordinator who loves to run the ball if they're Smith. Uh, so you just don't know where he's at there. I think if he's not a top 10 running back fantasy-wise this season, I'll be surprised. Uh, I'd, I'd assume he'd be around like 8 this year, just considering everything that's changed. Uh, on my next tier, uh, I have Sermon, Robinson, Sanders, and Carson. Uh, I think if I had to choose anybody of these, I'd choose Trey Sermon. Uh, one thing people will say is just Raheem Mostert is the 1A, and it's San Francisco. They like to do things by committee. But Trey Sermon just looks like a bell cow, uh, in my opinion. Just He broke – I don't know how many people know this. I don't think it's, a, it's not a secret at all, but he broke the Ohio State single-game rushing record, which is like over 330 yards. And there's literally zero way you can do that if you're not a bell cow. He was just getting force-fed touches, and he just looked incredible every single run. He was finding open holes. Uh, he runs like about a 4-5, a late 4-5, but he was still has breakaway speed. I think the, or the, the San Francisco 49ers have already said that uh, he's 1A, 1B with Raheem Mostert, and to just come out like that, uh, and they really like him as a pass catcher too, um, and they got rid of Wayne Gallman, so obviously they're comfortable with their current uh, running back configuration. I think he could honestly be a bell cow. Um, it just, I know that Raheem Mostert being there, he's going to have the long runs. Uh, I, but I think Raheem Mostert's going to eventually, maybe by week three or four, just be a change of pace back, where they'll have, uh, maybe on second downs, they'll run Raheem Mostert to the outside for big games after Trey Sermon's come out. Um I see him getting a lot of touches, especially next year. Uh, and he's only 22, so he's not like Najee 23. Um, next, I have James Robinson. Um, I like James Robinson a lot, but as James said, like he was competing with nobody. Uh, he was undrafted, uh, which I don't really think is a concern. He's already proved himself as a great running back, especially behind that like horrible Jacksonville offense last season. Uh, he was obviously the best piece there. Um just knowing that they spent a first rounder on Travis Etienne, maybe Robinson could be top 10 again this season. But I wouldn't, like, if you're comfortable with one top 10 season in this tier and then eventually being faded out by Travis Etienne, uh, if you're comfortable with that, okay. But I'm a little scared by that. Uh, and then I have Miles Sanders. Uh, the Eagles have said they want to do running back by committee. That's scary. I actually like their O line. It's not like, I would say it's average. Um, so that doesn't scare me at all. Uh, and he's only like 24, so he has like that upside to play a bit longer. Um, and I think he'll get like, I think he'll do pretty well next season. Uh, then I have Chris Carson, who's about like 26 on the Seahawks. I don't think Rashad Penny is going to give him too much trouble. Uh, I think he'll be, have a great season this year, but just being 26 years old, um, I'm, I fade out old running backs cause I'm always looking for the future. Uh, and obviously, uh, this isn't a vacuum. You know, if you're in a win now situation, I would love to have Chris Carson as my RB two. Um, I would love that. Uh, and then my next tier, I have the, uh, the late JK Dobbins and the late Travis Etienne. Uh, I just don't know what's going on with them. Uh, I'd put Dobbins on the same tier as Sermon. But just considering what Gus Edwards might do this season, it might take away from uh, Dobbins next season. 
Uh, and I don't know how bad this ACL is, but I know like I know it's not an Achilles at all. Uh, but just people coming back from injury, uh, it scares me a little. Uh, I would personally prefer at this point Trey Sermon over J.K. Dobbins and Travis Etienne. Um, and just also with Travis Etienne, is I just don't see much of a role for him. I was so confused. Uh, I don't see, my bad, I see a role for him. I don't see a large fantasy role. I just think that Urban Meyer, uh, coming from that college football background, uh, and a lot of statistics show that running back in college football is like way more important than it is in the NFL. Uh, the war or the wins above replacement that they provide is like almost double. Um, and then that changes in the NFL with wide receiver. Uh, wide receiver is way more important than it is in the uh, in college. I think that Urban Meyer is just re- he's just realized how important running backs have been for him. Uh, maybe he isn't comfortable with just having one because I don't know if they had Carlos Hyde at the time, but he also runs like a gimmicky offense. I think that Travis Etienne is in a weird mix between James Robinson and LaVisca Chenault. There's just so many weapons on that team that like I can't carve out like a big role for him. I know he's like an incredible athlete, and if he was in a different situation and not like injured, obviously, I'd have him higher, but uh, those are my concerns with him. Uh, and then... For my next tier, I have some good RB2s. Uh, good RB2s that aren't going to, like, win you. But, like, if you're, like, a little win now, you have your foot in the door of win now. These would be nice RB2s to have. Uh, so Darrell Henderson, uh, he gets really high grades when he plays, but he does not get much of a target share. He's not a workhorse. Uh the reason the Rams got Sony Michelle isn't because they want Sony Michelle to take over as the lead back or anything. They just know that uh, they can't run Darrell Henderson out as they were expecting to run out Cam Akers. Um, they're like they had Darrell Henderson and then used a second round pick, I believe, on Cam Akers. They just don't trust him, even though I like him as a running back when he plays. He's just not a bell cow, um, and I don't think that he's gonna have much of a role next season, unfortunately even if he comes out and plays really well, unless like Cam Akers is Achilles is an Achilles. I just don't see him even in the same way. He'd just be the same Darrell Henderson for next year, uh, which is like a low end RB two in my opinion. Then I have Gus Edwards who I would, I would put a tier above, but I don't want to make a tier just of Gus Edwards. Uh, I like Gus Edwards a lot as a running back, but he's just on the Ravens. Uh, now that, uh, obviously he shot up because what's his name? JK Dobbins is injury, but I don't think he's a workhorse. I think he's a really efficient back when he plays. And I don't think that the Ravens will ever use a running back as a workhorse. And I just don't know about his receiving, uh, his receiving end, which is very important for PPR. Uh, so that does concern me, but when he, he's an extremely efficient running back, I don't think he's going to be that relevant, uh, in fantasy. I think this year he will be like a, a low-end RB2, um, but I wouldn't expect too much from him in the future. Uh, then I have Chase Edmonds. I think he'll have like a low-end RB2 season as well. He's not really that talented. I think he's a little better than Kenyon Drake, uh, but just the the Cardinals' offense is very, very pass-heavy. They run four-plus wide receivers out more than any uh, uh, team in the league. They run an air raid system. Uh and DeAndre Hopkins is uh, coming out of prime. I don't think it might be this year, but 
I know that they're going to be trying to throw the ball out. Uh, I just don't see Chase Edmonds having too much of a share. Uh, I think he'll be, yeah, a low-end RB2. I think I have Kareem Hunt. Uh, even as a hand, like as potentially the best handcuff in the league, uh, I still don't like Kareem Hunt all that much. Uh, the Browns do not seem interested at all in trading him. Uh, they love to have two running backs. Uh, and if they wanted, they probably could have traded Kareem Hunt to the Rams and gotten like a bag considering what the Rams traded for Sony Michelle. Uh, but yeah, I saw some stats when, even when uh, Nick Chubb was out, Kareem Hunt had a very modest points per game of like about exactly what his regular points per game are. So I just think that the Browns just, they have like a dedicated target share that they give to these running backs. Uh, and I don't think he'll go off and be uh, the running back one for another team for a good while. And by then he might be out of prime. So that's why I have him a bit low. Next I have Miles Gaskin. Miles Gaskin, uh, my issue with him, even though he had 16 points per game last season, uh, is it just doesn't seem like the Dolphins have come out to say they're very confident in him. They've said that they want to go running back by committee, and I don't know if uh, Brian Flores is just trying to win fantasy leagues by saying that and then picking Miles Gaskin over and over, but I don't see any reason why he'd lie and say that isn't that. Uh, running back committee, as everybody knows, is death, um, and I just don't think that if the Dolphins have an opportunity to take a great running back in the next draft, maybe, that they wouldn't do that either. Uh, but I have him here just because of his receiving upside, the fact that he had 16 points per game, which is very, very good. Uh, so I think he'll have a role, uh, but I don't think it should be anything more than a low RB2 flex option. Uh, then I have Josh Jacobs, who I think is an excellent rushing running back, but he's like, it's kind of like how Chubb is Henry Light. Uh, Josh Jacobs is Chubb Light. Uh, he's a very good running back but he just is not trusted that much to have a whole role and get targets. Uh, so that's my problem with him. He's only 23. Uh, so maybe when he's 25, he'll go to another team who wants to give him a great shot, but also just his inconsistencies when he does amazing uh, fantasy wise, when the Raiders win, but like poor. So a lot of his like usage comes from game script. So do you really want to bet your running back two slot on the success of the Raiders offense? I don't know. That's tough. So that's where I'm at with him. Uh, and then I have Damian Harris in the same tier. And this is my last running back. Uh, I love Damian Harris as a rushing running back, but he, this man gets zero targets. Uh, he had seven targets in 10 games last season. And in PPR, that is death. Um, I think that that's James White's role. I think Damian Harris is one of the best rushing running backs in the league. Uh, I'd put him, like, top seven. Uh, he had a 90-plus uh, PFF grade last season, which is incredible. Uh, but there's another bad man by the name of Ramondre Stevenson who's preventing Damian Harris from being a bell cow, in my opinion. The <laughs> vulture. A bad man. The vulture. Uh, <laughs> he's a vulture. Uh, Sony Michelle being gone, they obviously have trust in their running back depth. Uh, I think James White's going to take the targets. Um, I love Damian Harris as a rushing running back, but unfortunately, this is fantasy uh, and it's PPR. So yeah, that's those are my that's my running backs, uh, my tiers. Uh, in terms of what I'd give up, I think the first first rounder that I would send out, 
just a, a random first round pick and maybe like a, a 12 man league would be for Trey Sermon. Uh, I'd obviously give way more, uh, not way more, but like more for somebody like Nick Chubb, just a first rounder. But Trey Sermon, I'd take a first. Dobbins and like them, I don't know about that. To go from Gibson to CMC, I'd, I'd give Gibson in like a first and a second. Uh, CMC is CMC. You know, maybe he'll have two more seasons of CMC and then just be like a good running back. Uh, I'm not sure, sure how his contract's currently set up, but CMC, if you have him for three years, you, that's three years of probably you're going to win. You're the, you're the favorite to win the league. So, And that's the name of the game in Dynasty. You gotta win once, uh, and yeah, I think maybe I would give like a second for the people like Darrell Henderson, Gus. It depends how I'm how I have my uh, winning range spread out, and really all of these uh, picks have their. It depends what winning range you are, because if the rest of your team is really bad and you have CMC, uh, I would want somebody like JT or maybe Gibson over him if I couldn't trade either of them. Uh, but yeah, uh, so yeah, those are my rankings. Uh, Anya? All right. Thank you. Uh, before we get to guys that we like and don't like or higher in the, and lower on than consensus, I want to revise my rankings a little bit. I, I've sat with it as Nick was talking, and I'm just going to make Christian McCaffrey tier one of one when it comes to running backs. Um, so, yeah, Christian McCaffrey is the only tier one running back in my opinion. And then tier two is JT Saquon, whatever else I said. Yeah. Little revision. He's a different breed. Yeah. Just the fact that Christian McCaffrey is like, just makes you the favorite to win any year. If you have him. like, that's just, that is the best thing to have in the dynasty league. I mean, you remember in 2019, he averaged like what? 27 to 30 points a game. In, PBR. in 2022, yeah, in 2020, yeah, 20, 2020 was actually averaging more points. Yeah, he came out and scored like 30, 30, and then left and came back like mid-season, scored 37, and then did. <laughs> <laughs> he just like it's like Christian McCaffrey is healthy, puts down like, 37 oh, points, refuses to elaborate, leaves. Exactly. If Christian McCaffrey is healthy. He's like a walking. 25 points, bare minimum, pretty much. It's just absurd. ridiculous. He's literally like ridiculous. a walking half of a team. Exactly. Like, he's two running backs in one, pretty much. Anyway. So, um, let's get into guys you're higher and lower on than consensus. Uh, it doesn't have to be, like, your biggest uh I guess, like, pretty much just whoever, talk about who you ever, whoever you want to talk about, pretty much. Anyone want to start out? Uh, I can start out, uh, just because right. I'm just fresh off of what I was saying. Uh, so obviously higher than consensus for me is Javante Williams, as I explained earlier. Uh, just some of the stats I've seen behind him and what I think that the Broncos offense could be next season. Uh, so yeah, he's definitely definitely way higher uh, for me than most people. Uh, lower, I would say ETN. Uh, I know ETN just came, was just coming off of an injury, but even before that injury, I was not big as, on ETN at all. 
Um, I really might move Etienne down even more. Uh, he's such a good prospect, but even coming off an injury like this, and just I don't trust Urban Meyer whatsoever to run like a fantasy safe like NFL system. Uh, so yeah, that's that's my higher and lower. Yeah, a Liz Frank is a uh, something that can and usually does have long term um health Jeez. effects, I guess. Yeah. Um obviously, you know, medicine is improving, but something to definitely think about if you are an Indian owner. Medicine can always um, improve, but if you lose a finger, you're never gonna be able to grip a pen right. That sort of thing. Right. No matter how good medicine right. gets, some injuries just can't be fixed too well. Yeah. I like both of those uh guys as higher and lowers. Yeah. I'll go next, I guess. Somebody that I'm higher on is uh Najee Harris and I kind of just talked about that. It doesn't really matter how like yeah, the Steelers O line is definitely gonna hurt him, but I, I really like him due to uh the receiving threat that he was at Alabama, and I think that that will transfer pretty well to the NFL. And I just think that that's going to continue to carry him up my tier list as uh, just the Steelers. Hopefully they improve their own line over the next few years. And as long as they could do that, I think that Najee's just going to get better and better. And uh, I share the same sentiments with Nick. I'm very low on Travis Etienne. I really don't like him going to the Jaguars with Robinson just due to the fact that even when he comes off of his injury, they're just going to continue to take away from each other. And that's never good. Well said. Yeah, Travis Etienne definitely uh, plummeting down a lot of, of dynasty rankings. Yeah. Alex, do you want to go next? Because I feel like uh, I feel like mine will spark the most controversy. Yeah, I can go. Um, right. So I guess, like, there's two guys I feel like I'm kind of higher on. I mean, Antonio Gibson's my number four. Uh, and if you're, like, looking at the future, then he's my number one, probably. Uh, actually, no, I'd put him at two below McCaffrey because McCaffrey has a few more years in him, I'd say. But... Uh, I just I look at the fact that he was a receiver in college and then also that he is playing for Ron Rivera who was uh the former Carolina head coach and uh you touched on it his preseason usage I'm really excited for him and he had a really strong rookie start as his first year as a running back and I I don't know like how you couldn't be excited for him it's just there's so much upside for him that team just throws out so many targets to running backs. It's absurd. Yeah, it's crazy. I, I'm really excited for the leagues I hold them in. I'm not so excited for the ones where I don't because I, I really do think he's going to be an elite uh, producer this year. But, uh, like, I, the only thing that keeps Eckler out of, like, Tier 2 for me, I guess, though, is... Uh, just his injury concern, but like in PPR, he's also just ridiculous. I think he was averaging around like 
18 or 20 a game last year. I don't know if that's the exact stat, but here, I'm going to pull it up real quick. But I just remember... Uh, I have uh, his... I mean, like, it was just like a format, uh point. pain in the ass when he was hurt for me because I just knew how great he was, but... I have his uh, stats for a half PPR you format. That, that's fine. Well, do you know what his P, uh, uh, PPG was? In 2019, he averaged 16.44 points a game. And when healthy last year, he was averaging uh, 15.9 points a game in a half PPR format. When when he was healthy with Herbert. I'll, okay. I'll uh, clear I mean, that yeah. up. And like, yeah, that's half PPR. And yeah. I, so, I, I like mean, to uh, report that, that all my uh, listings tonight were half PPR formats because that's uh, why I know most people like to play when they play PPR. I'm a PPR-only type of guy, quite yeah, honest. I'm, I'm full PPR. I just think there's so much like benefit right. that receiving backs give that it should be reflected in fantasy. But... uh. One guy I guess I'm low on, and I, I was going to say Josh Jacobs first, but you guys all had Josh Jacobs kind of lower. Uh, I'll say DeAndre Swift is in Tier 4 for me at number 16. I really don't like him because I pulled up his injury history, and, uh, like, see, he had the shoulder injury in 2019, and then uh, he had a groin strain in 2018, and then another uh, groin strain last or earlier this year, according to DraftSharks.com. But uh, I just, he's so young into his career, and you really don't want to see that many injuries, especially like, I don't know the exact science behind it. Granted, I'm not a doctor, but groin injuries, I feel like you don't want to see multiple of those on a running back this early in his career. But his upside is really good, though, with having a garbage quarterback like Jared Goff who's going to dump it off to him. But, I mean, I I just am not looking for him in drafts necessarily. Like, I'd rather... Honestly, I'd probably put Gus Edwards above him. Jared yeah. Goff's slander will always be tolerated. Yeah, I hate Jared Goff. He's like the Kenny Galladay of quarterbacks. <laughs> Or the Juju Smith of quarterbacks. It makes me it makes me sad that in someone's uh, closet there's a Jared Goff jersey with the Lions. Hey, what do you What do you guys think we're buying the loser of the league? <laughs> Jared Goff jersey. Yeah, we're gifting him a Jared Goff's line jersey. Beautiful. All right, James Warriors. Um, all right, I'm going to start off with my lower than because I, I really want us to have a discussion about um, my higher guy. Uh, my lower is Darrell Henderson. And really, I could say uh, all of the RB1 got injured, so now they step into RB1 role. You, you know, uh, Gus Edwards, James Robinson, and Darrell Henderson. They're all going to be one-year rentals, and they were all playing behind their guys for a reason. Like, they're not as good as the guys that are starting above them. 
But I do think Darrell Henderson is the least talented out of these. Um, I don't dislike Darrell Henderson. I actually drafted him in our hometown redraft league. What was that? Yes, Monday. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I drafted him there. I got him in like the seventh round. I was really happy about him. But I don't understand how he can be like above like Kareem Hunt or Damian Harris in consensus rankings. Yeah, I, I was seeing say... like like prominent figures in like sleeper, like the main sleeper draft. Like Field Yates mm-hmm. drafted him in the third. I'm just like Yeah. I... That was right it was funny because you had so much trust in him and then they went out and drafted or uh, got Sony Michelle like the next day. Exactly. I want to throw out a crazy stat. Darrell Henderson had zero top 10 finishes last year, even when Cam Akers was out. That's insane to me. I mean, what? Like, I get it. Malcolm Brown isn't there, which should theoretically increase. Because Darrell Henderson was only around a 60%. Uh, Snapshare player, but are we sure that Sony Michelle isn't better than Malcolm Brown? Because me personally, I think they're about the same talent wise. So why wouldn't Sony just take over the Malcolm Brown role and be and it be a sixty forty split again this year? Uh, not to mention he has back to back years with ankle sprains, which. Again, I'm never one to throw around the injury pro- label, I guess. Um, but definitely something to keep in mind, especially in Dynasty. Uh, McVeigh has said has deluded multiple times that he just doesn't trust Darrell Henderson. I guess, like Nick pointed out, they spent the second round pick on Cam Akers when they had Darrell Henderson. And they pay they paid a fourth round pick to bring in Sony Michelle. Fourth round picks, well they're not obviously they're not like It was like a conditional fifth and a seventh. Yeah, it was it wasn't like significant draft capital, but it was noteworthy draft capital, if yeah. that makes sense. Um he's not he's not he he is a good bursty running back, but he just isn't very good, like making people miss. He had a sixteen point two percent juke rate last year, with forty ninth above amongst running backs, and he was thirty seventh among among uh, broken tackles. Which, I mean, if you're not juking people out or Breaking tackles, you're pretty much only running by people, which is what Darrell Henderson is obviously known for. Um, he never had. He also never had more than. Nick also said this. Uh, he's just not a very good receiver. Uh, let's let's stop pretending that he is. He's not. He he just doesn't seem to possess the the know-how of, like, you know, like, sit down in the flat, wait for the quarterback to throw you the ball kind of thing. And not to mention, Sony Michelle, as, you know, bad as he might be for, like, pure running back, 
he's a very good pass blocker, which is very underrated and might be one of the reasons that the Rams brought him in because Malcolm Brown is also a very good pass blocker. So uh, Darrell Henderson might not even be playing on third down a lot of the time. Um, and with Cam Akers out, the Rams should throw the ball more, which, and I just said, uh, Darrell Henderson isn't very good in the receiving game. So it, it just doesn't, doesn't gel well. Like a Matthew Stafford led offense, uh, headed by a running back that doesn't really catch the ball that often. It just doesn't. Doesn't gel well for me. Um, I would say if you can get a first round pick for Darrell Henderson, I'm doing that every. I don't know how you guys would feel about that. I'm with you on that 100%. Like if you have Darrell Henderson, I don't know if you'd be able to get a first round pick now with Sony Michelle, but like even before Sony came in. I if as soon as Acres went down, I would have been sending out like every league mate uh in my leagues like first round pick straight up Darrell Henderson if I had Henderson. Mm-hmm. All right. So my guy that I'm higher on, long awaited, is Saquon Barkley. Now I think I think the I think the real issue with Saquon or most people's issue with Saquon anyway is if you think he can return if he can ever be fully Saquon again. Am I wrong in thinking this like this is a big worry that most people have? It's not my biggest worry, but I think it is most people's biggest worry. Yeah. Right. And I think that's perfectly valid if you are worried about it from an injury side a very very potentially um uh devastating injury like it wasn't just an acl um but it's definitely something that scares me way more in redraft than dynasty which i feel like a lot of people like tend to forget the difference when they're Mm -hmm. playing dynasty and they see, like, they might be out week one to week two. I don't know. He's worth nothing in Dynasty. Like, what? Yeah, I mean, if a player misses two weeks in Dynasty, that literally means nothing, pretty yeah. much. Uh, and that, as, you know, Nick was saying, like, redraft, it concerns me a little bit. But the man is only 24 years old. That's crazy. He's played three seasons, and he's only 24. Uh, If I were to ask you who is the best athlete at the running back position, I feel like mostly everyone would say Saquon. Am I wrong in saying that? I would agree. Yeah. Like, just as a pure, like, freak of nature human being, you'd probably say Saquon Barkley. Maybe Derek Maybe Christian McCaffrey. Just seeing like the burst and just like how yeah. like, high Christian McCaffrey can jump, but I think that Saquon is probably a little bit more of an athlete. Right. Yeah. I, would, I also want to dispel that it, Saquon is injury prone because he's only had two injuries in his whole career. 
it was a high ankle sprain in 2019, and then obviously knee injury 2020. Um, I heard a really annoying stat where like Saquon has missed a whole year out of the three years played. That tends to happen when you miss 14 games out of a year. Uh, I like. <laughs> I mean, that's just you know. Say the same about like it's Christian factual. McCaffrey. Yeah. Um. I I think he could be like Keenan Allen, where Keenan Allen was also labeled injury prone, just because he got really unlucky with injury earlier in his career. But I don't think Keenan Allen has had a serious injury concern since like 2017, maybe. Yeah. Um. And I know another thing I often hear about Saquon was that he didn't look great last year. He had nine targets in the Steelers game last year. Nine. That's a lot of freaking targets. For running back, yeah. I want, I want everyone to do me a favor. Go ahead and watch that Steelers game. I want you to tell me what Saquon could have done to improve his rushing stats. That Steelers defense came in with a purpose, and that was to stop Saquon Barkley. There were literally three to four people in the backfield every time Saquon got the ball. It was ridiculous. Um, another reason I really like Saquon personally is that I don't think he gets enough credit for his 2019. Everyone's saying like his upside is capped because you know Daniel Jones doesn't really throw the ball to the running backs a lot, which is true if you compare it to Eli Manning. But he finished eighth in running back targets in 2019, which is just absurd. And I know, Nick, you said you were uh, uh, concerned about the offense of the Giants, which is a very valid point if it had ever slowed Saquon down in the past. like My concern's less of the O-line, because we're in PPR. It doesn't really matter how, like, maybe, like, his yards per carry matter. Uh, my issue is his target share. I don't think like Saquon is going to be anything less than a top ten running back. Right. I just don't know if he's Saquon, not from his ability, but just because like maybe it was a panic that the they got Kadarius Tony. I just see Kadarius Tony and Travis Etienne as the exact same players. I don't see Kadarius Tony that way. I think. They got Kadarius Tony to be more of a more of a downfield threat. I, I think Kadarius Tony is already a bust. By the way, I don't I don't think he's very good as a receiver. Yeah, to be uh, honest, I am reading reports and uh, he, he they're saying that he's just not meeting expectations right now. I, I think they got him more to be like. This is my personal um, belief. Everyone can think different. I think the Giants really feel like they messed up in giving away Odell, so they wanted to find a player who was as explosive as Odell. 
which Kadarius Tony in theory is, but Kadarius Tony is nowhere near the wide receiver that Odell Beckham is. Again, that could be wrong. Uh, but I think if you take away Saquon's receiving ability, that really does you a disservice as an offensive coordinator. Because I don't think there's not, there's like a short list of people that are more dangerous in the open field than Saquon Barkley. Um, let's see. Uh, like I said, the O-line, the offense, has never slowed Saquon down in the past. So I'm not personally worried about it. And one thing I just found out, uh, which I found insane. So we all... It's Derrick Henry, right? He had a pretty good season last year. Everyone would pretty much agree, right? 3,000 yards, it's okay. Yeah, he finished 20.8 points per game. Uh, while scoring 17 total touchdowns. Saquon Barkley, 2019, 18.8 points per game while scoring eight total touchdowns. That's absurd. I'm sorry, that's that's absurd. I mean, the amount, how good Saquon is with scoring that little touchdowns, that's just crazy to me. Um, Saquon was 10th that year, like total points PPR. He was either 9th or 10th. I want to point out, too, that he was playing through a bad high ankle sprain. Like, we see year and year again how truly, like, uh, just devastating high ankle sprains can be for not only running backs, but with, like, Michael Thomas. Like, these can be season-ending injuries. And I don't think Saquon gets enough credit for playing through. First of all, he only missed two games which is, uh, I'm sorry, he missed, uh, I think, four with the high ankle sprain, which still isn't a lot. And then he finished as RB6 in the, in the uh, wow, I'm really, really struggling to say this. He finished as RB6 in the last, uh, 10 games of the season, which is absurd with a high ankle sprain. So, I mean, with Saquon, I get he's risky. I do. But I, I really feel like a lot of that risk is more of a redraft problem. And in Dynasty, when it comes to running backs, you want supremely talented athletes because those are the people that are most likely to have repeat performance at the running back position. And I don't think you're going to get a more, more of a discount on any like top-tier athlete than Saquon Barkley right now. Anyone? Have anything they want to say about Saquon or running backs in general? 
as we uh Saquon is just in like the biggest boomer bust state right now. I think his mm-hmm. boom is like I think his boom's like twenty nineteen. Right. Which is still like eighteen points per game, Saquon, which is like completely excellent for a twenty four year old. I'm not saying he isn't talented enough to get more, but just like he's I don't think twenty eighteen will ever be seen again. Uh just yeah, because of the role they gave him. Uh, in 2018 versus what they gave him in 2019. While he was going mm-hmm. through like a bit of an injury, it just diminished a bit. Uh, so I see that as his ceiling, and then like his floor, just completely barring injury, I think his floor is like RB15. So like even when you bake that in, like that's like RB RB like probably like four in points per game to like RB fifteen, like that's that's how I see him personally. I think what it comes down to for me, like I totally see where you're coming from, but for me, I'm more of a conservative type of player in fantasy. So I don't like the risky guy like for me Saquon's a risk and I don't like that. And I'd rather take like Camara or Dalvin Cook over him. Now that's why I don't like picking towards the tail end of the first round, though, is because then I have to choose between like Saquon and Jonathan Taylor and like Gibby, like whatever. Like, I mean, I'm more like leaning towards redraft right now, but like you know, what I mean, like when it gets down to those running backs, it's just like really hard to choose between all of them because like I definitely see Saquon's upside. It's just like. For me personally, it's a question mark. Yeah, it's still just so sketchy for me. I lean towards him, like hitting like his boom, but it's just not enough for me to be like, oh, he's for sure above some of these guys. Mm-hmm. I think and it's true. like I, I want to see it first, and I mean, like for my dynasty leagues now, I'm not gonna eat into Saquon really if he like I'm not going to drink the Saquon Kool-Aid just yet yeah and like if I do a startup dynasty draft next year and say he booms he he'll be the guy I'm going for for sure but Mm -hmm. I'm keeping an open mind to it which I think that's the way you should approach fantasy in general though right I think if people pretend that they know unknown situations it creates like a value gap to where you can like a smart dynasty manager should attack that you know what i'm saying mm-hmm. like if somebody feels they know that saquon will never return to prior saquon they're not going to value him as highly as someone else might and then that means you should trade even if you're not big on Saquon. You should potentially trade for him, and then when Saquon potentially does return, sell him high. Hmm. I think that a lot of people in fantasy, I mean, especially redraft leagues, because dynasty are more willing to hold on to your assets. Uh, they let like so Saquon. Uh. They just look at, like, the fact, like, 2019, like, he didn't perform as well as he did in his rookie year. 
Right. At least, like, that's what I remember because I had him in my in his rookie year and his sophomore year. And, uh, that I mean, it's because he was injured for some of it, and also he was playing through that ankle sprain. And then, like, you know, if you get him in that third year, too, and he's out for, what was it, like, 14 games? Yeah. Technically, I think, 15, he played, like, like, two minutes of the second game. Okay. Something like that. Yeah, I think, like, people just, like, get too hung up on, like, their personal experience with a player and don't, mm-hmm. like, consider, like, hey, this is a new year and, like, maybe things are going to be different because of this, this, and this. I think they just There's get... Definitely, definitely some recency bias when it comes yeah. to really any player in fantasy, but for sure players that miss significant amount of time. And, like, Saquon's the most clear-cut example of it. And, Mm -hmm. like, I'm not saying that, like, I'm, like, wrong for it because, like, I'm willing to stand with my, like, feelings right now because it's not like I'm necessarily, like, just writing him off. But I just think, like, you you should, like, kind of, like, manage, like, the risk of, like, thinking like that, though. Like, knowing that, like, you're probably going to be wrong or... Maybe you'll be right, but... Right. And when it comes to fantasy in general, you always should uh, factor in... If if you're taking a risk with something, you should always factor in what if I'm wrong and have a backup plan. Anyway, uh, if it doesn't look like Lee was able to join us today, hopefully... Yeah, Next he episode. messaged me of 20 minutes ago. He said he wouldn't be able to join us. That's a shame. Uh, would have liked to hear from him, but yeah. hopefully next episode where I think I want to stay for quarterbacks for last. Um, so I think we're going to be talking about tight ends. Uh, join us next time, whenever that is. Hopefully we can get it in sometime this week before week one officially starts. But, um, yeah, join us next time. Tight end rankings. See you all then. See you guys.